God bless you. you may be seated as we um, yeah so today we have Pastor Wu who visited us from City Harvest Church. Uh, yeah, we, 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 are, we are used to Pastor Aris to, to come and visit us, but we have a new same kind of read that will bless us today. Amen. How many of you are excited with Pastor Wu preaching with us? All right. Uh, let's just invite Pastor Wu as we uh, welcome him. Come on, give him a, a big hand. Good to see everybody. My name is, uh, uh, you can call me Pastor Zhuang. Some people call me Pastor Wu. But it's such a great joy to be here today to share the Word of God. I want to thank Pastor Stephen for giving me the honor to do so. So I wanted to say, uh, Selamat siang, aku cinta kamu, New Beginning Church. <laughs> now, I love Indonesia. I go to Indonesia quite often. In fact, uh, before COVID, I go to Indonesia at least six to eight times a year. So every other month, I'll be in Indonesia. I minister in uh, churches in Indonesia, uh, Jakarta, Bandung, uh, Makassar, Surabaya. Just last year, I went to Gorong Talo. How many of you have never been to Gorong Talo? Some of you never even hear of Gorong Talo, especially the younger ones. So I went to Gorong Talo. I spent a week in Jakarta to minister to five different churches. So I love Indonesian food. I love Indonesian people, the friendliness. And, uh, and of course, the churches in Indonesia are just amazing. And uh, during the COVID, I couldn't travel there. But I thank God for opportunity to minister in some Indonesian churches in Singapore as well. So I went to at least two. So this will be my third church that I minister in Singapore for Indonesian church, I mean. So uh, praise God. Ju just allow me to give a short introduction. I'm one of the founding members of City Harvest Church. So when the church started, I was like 16 years old. So I was a youth in a church. I've been married for 20, this year will be 25 years. I have three children. My oldest child this year will be 22. Second one will be 20. And the youngest will be 14 this year. I've been in ministry for many years. Uh, how many years? I've been a, I was licensed as a pastor in 1999. That was a while ago. So... Uh, and, and man, many years of my life, I've been devoted to the youth ministry. So we have a youth ministry called Emerge. So I kind of helped uh, my senior pastor to run the youth ministry for many years. So uh, in church, I'm like a division pastor. So, and I'm very happy, happy to see all of you here in this place. Uh, so I asked pastor, is there a translator? He said, everybody knows English over here in this place. <laughs> so praise God. Touch your neighbor and say, you know, uh, you are very, very... Uh, how should I put it? Well-educated. <laughs> no, I'm sure all of, you, well, all of you are bilingual over here. So, um, and I, I was thinking what sermon to preach. La. So recently in my church, I preached a sermon I thought was quite uh, um, suitable for a year because this is 2023. So I'm going to share with you from Psalms 23, a very familiar passage in the Bible. I have a familiar passage in the Bible. But be careful because sometimes when it comes to familiar passage in the Bible, we kind of discredit, we kind of belittle, ah, oh, this passage, John 3.16, ah. Oh. You know, we kind of discredit it. But God wants to teach us sometimes from simple passages in the Bible. We have so much to learn from Psalms 23. Amen. Shall we all read Psalms 23 together, right? Starting from now. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Come, let's just pray. Father, we want to thank you that this afternoon we can come together to listen to the Word of God. We pray that your Word will bless our hearts. Your Word will guide us and lead us into a brand new year. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Now, out of 150 Psalms in the Old Testament, the one that is the most recited uh, uh quoted and written on cards is none other than Psalms 23. Alright, so it is, a, it is a passage that early church fathers like Augustine will call it the martyr's hymn because many Christian martyrs recited Psalms 23 while they were being tortured and martyred for Christ. And President Abraham Lincoln often referred to this psalm during the deep days of depression during the Civil War. And even uh, President George W. Bush recited it to America on September 11th or the 911 tragedy. See, for 3,000 years since the book of Psalms was written, Psalms 23 has comforted millions of people, dried many tears, and healed many hearts. It is a psalm that little children could understand because it is so simple. But it is also one that a theologian can dig deep into it because it is so profound. Now, Psalm 23 is often preached in funerals. I don't know about Pastor, Pastor Stephen here. So very often, you know, I will preach on Psalm 23 because there is a verse that says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But I want you to know today that this psalm has more to do with life than with death. It has to do more with the living than it has to do with the date. Okay? Now, and what is so amazing about Psalms 23 is not who wrote it or what he said, but rather when he said it. Okay? Well, some people think that David wrote this Psalms 23 when he was a shepherd boy. But most theologians and early church fathers believe that David wrote this psalm after he became the king of Israel. There are only six verses in this uh, psalm. And David painted two pictures of God. Everybody said two pictures. Verse 1 and verse 4, he paints the picture of God as the shepherd who guides and protects the sheep. Verse 5 to verse 6, he paints the picture of God as the host who provides and takes care of the guest in the palace banquet. Now, David was very familiar with these two pictures. Alright, so because in his earlier part of his life, he was the shepherd boy who took care of the sheep. And then in the later part of his life, he became the king who regularly hosts guests in the palace, you know, over banquets, dinner, 
and buffet, I believe. Now, the irony of Psalm 23 is that David didn't picture himself as the shepherd or the host, but rather he pictured himself as the sheep in the field and the guest in the palace. So I want you to picture this together with me. While David was in the palace, sitting probably in his garden, overlooking the greeneries, the flowers, right, the plants, and he started to wonder, how did I even get here? How did I, a shepherd boy, became a king in the palace? Surely, it mustn't be because of my background, because I have no connection. I was rejected by my father. I was neglected by my brothers. It can't be because of my cleverness. And then out of that reflection, he says, it must be the Lord who led me here. And then he started to pen down his thoughts. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. So he was just thinking, reflecting, just as how I was a shepherd to the sheep, God is to me. What I did for the sheep, God did the same for me. The way I protected the sheep, God has protected me. The way I led the sheep to the green pasture, they didn't even know that they were going to the green pasture. But when they reached there, oh, wow, they were so delighted. If only the sheep knew exactly where I was bringing them, they wouldn't have strayed away from me. They would have trusted me to lead them to the right place. Now, this passage is uh, divided into three segments, I believe. All right, verse 1 to verse 3 is about direction. Verse 4 to verse 5 is on protection. Verse 5 to verse 6 is on provision. So there's so much to learn. We don't have time to go through the whole sum, even though only six verses. Today, I just want to cover the first part of this psalm, the direction segment of the passage. All right, Everybody say direction. All right, so it is appropriate for us because we need God to direct our paths in 2023. Amen? So read Psalm 23 for 2023. <laughs> so hallelujah. The, the, the title of my message is, My Shepherd Leads Me. My Shepherd Leads Me. First of all, let's look at the first five words of verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, let's look at the first word, the Lord. Everybody say, Lord. Whenever you see in the Bible, the capital letter L-O-R-D, Lord. Now, that is, the he that is in, in the Hebrew, is this name called Yahweh, all right, or Jehovah, which is the covenant name of God, the covenant name of God. The first mention of this is in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when Moses was told to confront Pharaoh, so Moses asked God, God, what name should I use to tell Pharaoh that you have sent me? Now what happened is that Egypt is a polytheistic nation. Now what is that? That means they worship many, many gods. So if, if Moses were to say, oh, God has sent me, <laughs> Pharaoh would ask, which God has sent you, right? Because they believe many gods. So, and then God told Moses, tell Pharaoh, I am has sent you. Right? That means, in essence, God is saying, I am who I am. I am who I want to be. 
Alright, so, so God is telling the people, He's making a covenant that whatever that comes after the name I am is what I promise to be for you. So it's like I am a, a, a dash. You know, you fill it up. So if if Moses need uh, deliverance, I am Jehovah Nisi for him. If Abraham needed provision, I am Jehovah Jireh for him. If Gideon needed peace, I will be Jehovah Shalom for him. It is the covenant name of God. Okay, I want you to understand this: the covenant name of God. So when they, when David says, "The Lord is." My shepherd. He's saying that shepherd is the covenant name of God. That means when God makes a covenant, He doesn't break the covenant. Whatever you're going through, He's your shepherd. He will not break the covenant. He will lead you no matter what. That is what He was trying to say. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, you got it? Now, the, the metaphor of God being a shepherd is a familiar idea in the Bible and in the ancient Middle East. Right? So if you look at uh, Old Testament, Psalms 80 verse 1, it says, Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Can you see that? Capital letter S. God is the shepherd of Israel. Look at, look at uh, Isaiah 40 verse 11. It says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm. Okay? Can you see that? So God is a shepherd to the people. So just as how David was committed to the sheep, God is also committed to him. Okay, number two. Or the next thing. The Lord is my shepherd. Alright, so I love the word my sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I like it when I see little children in a Toys R Us. This is mine. <laughs> my French fries. Mine. Uh, uh, you know, a bit of ownership. This is mine. So, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. It suggests to us that David had a personal relationship with God. For others, they may know, they may have this idea of God being a shepherd in a theoretical sense, theory. But to David, he knew it in a personal way because he himself was a shepherd. If God is a shepherd to no one else, he is my shepherd. Got it? Personal relationship. Number three. Let me go a little faster. The Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. Right? He says, He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me. So a shepherd's job is to lead and guide the sheep. It's like God revealed himself as a personal guide. I've been a pastor for a long time. So one thing the members always ask me is, this, Pastor, how do I know what is God's will for my life? How do, I, how do I get direction for 2023? Now, most of the time, what they want to hear from me is this. Okay, you memorize these few verses. <laughs> you follow these seven steps. You will find God's will. They want to have an ABC formula for me. Sometimes we are so hung up with the idea of guidance. We forget that the guide is living in us. We, say, we get so hung up with this idea of direction, but we forget that the director of our lives is living in us. Now, let me give you an example. If you are going to an unfamiliar country, like let's say Israel. Have you been to Israel? The Indonesians love to go to Israel. All right, so now, 
If you go to Israel, oh, do you prefer to have a set of complicated instructions and a map and a compass <laughs> or, or GPS? Uh? Or do you rather have a tour guide in your car? I don't know about you. I, I, I love to go for tour groups. All right, so yeah, I know some of you don't like, you say, oh, tour group, got to wake up early, go with strangers, you know, no, no, very restrictive, but I love to go to, you know, with tour, tour groups sometimes, uh, most of the times actually. Especially you have young, little children, you have elderly parents, ah, just follow the tour guide, you know. So, now you should try one of these days. But the thing is, I, 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 I like it, to, you know, because I don't have to plan where to eat, <laughs> how to drive, where to go. I just follow the tour guide. He will bring me there. You know what? You have a guide living in your life. And he is the Holy Spirit. John 16 verse 13. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Very good, right? I put the Bahasa Indonesia there for you as well. He will guide you into all truth. He is the guide of our lives. Amen? I know sometimes we still think, oh, how is that going to happen? Do I need to memorize some scriptures? Do I need to go for counseling? Do I, will God give me a dream? Will God give me an impression in my heart? Okay, the answer is yes, 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 all of the above. But as sheep, we don't have to worry so much. We can relax a little because we can leave all this concern to our personal guide. Right? The sheep may not know where is the green pasture. All the sheep has to know is where is the shepherd. Because if you need the green pasture, just follow the shepherd. The shepherd will bring you there. If you need the still waters, just follow the shepherd. The shepherd will bring you there. And Everybody say, Amen. Amen. So how do we follow Jesus, the shepherd of our lives in 2023? Just three simple points. Number one, Hear his voice. Hear his voice. Now, sheep are not the smartest animals. They make mistakes. They go astray. Now, newborn sheep in uh, in, in, uh, in they follow the sheep, the flock around them instinctively. Yeah, that's what I say. So they go where other sheep go. Right? Have you heard of this phrase called the herd mentality? The herd mentality or the sheep mentality. That means they blindly follow other sheep. Right? The, the monkey see, monkey do. Like, this one you hear before, right? So they, they follow other sheep. It was reported in July 2005 in the Guardian paper that in the eastern Turkey, 1,500 sheep were gathered together in one spot. Now, there were a few shepherds who got together and they put all the flock in one spot. And the shepherds decided to go breakfast together. <laughs> now, apparently, nobody was watching after the sheep. And then one little sheep decided to jump off the cliff. <laughs> Boom. Then all the rest of the 1,499, right? They, oh, they thought that that sheep knew where she was going. <laughs> so they all followed, doo -doo 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 -doo, and they all jumped. The, you know, at the end, 455 sheep they all fell off the cliff, stacking on top of each other. And they all died. What a tragedy. But that is what I call the herd mentality. Right? The herd mentality. Isaiah 53 verse 6. All we like sheep 
have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. See, very often the Bible describes us as sheep. We follow what everyone else is doing. We follow what others do. We follow culture. We follow what is the latest trending on social media. We do what TikTok tells us to do, right? right? Or how to cook beef stew, okay. Search TikTok. What is the latest trend? You know, we, we follow TikTok. Exodus 2, 23 verse 2 says, You shall not follow a crowd to do evil. See, sheep go astray easily because there are long rules that cover their eyes. Alright, they can't see clearly. So sheep follow others when they were young. But when they grow older, more mature, they learn to use their ears instead of their eyes. How many of you know sometimes your eyes will play a trick on you? Right? At my age, I sometimes I must wear reading glasses. Right? So sometimes we don't see clearly. In life, sometimes, metaphorically speaking, sometimes all we see is negative things. Wow, recession coming. Wow, inflation. Wow, housing loan is so high right now. You know, It's like bad news, bad news. So when we see, wow, we get blurred. You know? Sometimes we need to use our ears to hear. That is why Jesus says, my sheep hears my voice. And I know them. They follow me. How? By hearing my voice. Alright? So, and the thing about sheep is this. They can distinguish their shepherd's voice, you know, from other shepherds. Okay? Very soon, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He knows his own shepherd. They recognize their own shepherd's voice. So sometimes, two different flocks, they will cross path. They walk, walk, walk from other places, they'll cross path. And then the sheep will intermingle behind. The shepherd will be chit-chatting in the front. And then after a while, the shepherd decided to part way. And the sheep will follow accordingly. The sheep will not be confused. Uh, is this, am I turning left or turning right? No. They recognize their shepherd's voice. So let me ask you a question. Who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? Is TikTok your shepherd? <laughs> Who is your shepherd? Whose voice are you listening to today? Are we hearing the voice of God? Or are we hearing the voice of the world? You know, nowadays teenagers, they grow up very fast. You know, when they are 14, 15 years old, they think they know better than the parents already because they are all the time on the, on the you know, devices. So sometimes parents start to teach them, they, what do we know, you know? <laughs> now, don't let social media be your shepherd. Let God be your shepherd. I'm not saying that, you know, it, uh, you know the internet all rubbish. No, I'm not saying that. There are a lot of useful things you can learn from the internet. But let God guide you and not let the latest trending guide you. Amen? Because the world will only want to normalize evil. What seems to be the in the past, it's like, oh, okay, acceptable. So if you only look at the social media to tell you what is right and wrong, you'll be confused. God is your Turn to your neighbor and say, let God be your shepherd. So you must spend time. The, the reason why the sheep can this differentiate the shepherd's voice? They spend a lot of time with the shepherd. 
So this year, you must spend time with your shepherd. Maybe last year, you never really prayed. This year, pray more. Maybe last year, you go to church once a month. This, this year, go to church every week. Hear God's voice. Read His Word. Spend time in the presence of God. And everybody say, Amen. Number two, give up control. Give up control. Psalms 23 verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. I want you to look at this. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. God makes us lie down. Some of us, oh, we already don't like the sound of this verse already. He said, I don't want God to make me do anything. Even my parents never make me do anything. You know, this verse shouldn't be written like this. This verse should be written, oh, my shepherd soothes me. My shepherd bless me. My shepherd, what else? Uh, helps me. My shepherd favors me. Not he makes me, <laughs> but according to David. The first thing the shepherd does is that he makes me lie down in green pasture. Sometimes we don't like to lie down. We don't feel like lying down. We feel that this is not the right place for me. God, this is, this is not where I want to be. This is not where I want to go. See, but David understood one thing, that his shepherd is a good shepherd. See, I want you to hear me. God wants to be your shepherd fully on his terms. Fully on his terms. That means he, what, what he says is right. <laughs> fully on his terms but always for our benefits. Fully on His terms. So we must listen to Him. But always for our benefits. See, when David says that God makes him lie down in a green pasture, he's saying that he doesn't have the wisdom, the ability to find the green pasture. He's declaring his dependency on God. He said, God, I need you in my life. Now, giving up control is difficult, but it is necessary. Because some of us, we are control. <laughs> I don't want to use that word, right? We, 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 we feel uncomfortable not in control. We've got to be in control. Now, control is an illusion. <laughs> what do I mean by that? You think you have control, but you really don't have control. It is an illusion. Let me give you an example. We can control, for you students, right? You can control how good your grades are by studying very hard. Right? You study so hard, you can control your grades. But you cannot control whether you will be accepted in a school that you apply for. Right? We can control how well we do during an interview. But we cannot control whether the, the, the interviewer will accept us into the company or we will get a scholarship or not that you applied for. We can control how careful we are when we drive on the road. But we cannot control how careful other drivers are when they drive on the road. If they are not careful, you will still meet a, with an accident. That is why sometimes we have accident, right? Maybe it's not your fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's true, right? I know some of you drivers. Yeah, very true. Alright, so now we can control how much we offer for the price for the property. 
but we cannot control whether the person is willing to accept our offer. You know what I'm saying? Some of you watch Singers Inferno. I know some of the young ones, right? Singers Inferno, the Korean, uh, the, you know, the dating show. Huh? Wow, you learn some tricks. Oh, okay. If I want to chase after a girl, this is what I should do, right? You learn all the tricks and you apply the same trick on that girl that you like. But you cannot control whether she will accept you or not. Correct or not? Alright, so, so control is an illusion. It's an illusion. We can contribute, we can influence, but we cannot control the outcome. Look at Proverbs 16 verse 33. The lot is cast into our lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Got it? Every decision is, is from the Lord. Only God controls the outcome. Okay? That is why some of you are a little tired. Because you are trying to control the outcome. Sometimes you even manipulate situation so that you can control the outcome. And you are becoming tired because you realize that you really cannot manipulate the outcome. You cannot control the future. Right? So only God's shoulders are broad enough to control the outcome. And that is why he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden. God controls outcome. We can only control our action. I'm not saying don't study hard now. <laughs> Let God control, you know, control your life. No, 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 no. We control our action. But God controls the outcome. Therefore, we Say the Lord is our shepherd because he controls the outcome. And last of all, trust his leading. You got to trust his leading. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. All right, everybody read this verse together starting from now. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I want to focus on this part of the verse. It says, God says, for I know the plans I have for you. God didn't say, for you know the plans I have for you. No, he didn't say that. He said, I know. That means God knows. But sometimes we don't know. So this must suggest to us there are some plans God has for you. He chooses not to reveal it to you. But does he know? He knows. Does he know what he's doing? He knows what he's doing. Amen? So, now, look at Isaiah 55, verse 8 to verse 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There's something called the principle of perspective. The principle of perspective. What is that principle? Where you sit, determines what you see. And what you see determines what you do. Let me say one more time. Where you sit determines what you see. And what you see determines what you do. I'll give you an example. Huh? I'll give you an example. Okay. Most of you cannot see me now, right? My legs are maybe... But pastor, if you can... The song leader, Pastor, can you come to this 
serve the stage. Right? You cannot see my face, right, all of you. But can this pastor song leader see me? My face? Ah, uh, can. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's give this pastor a big hand. Wonderful. Where you sit determines what you see. And what you see determines what you do. That means sometimes in life, we, we don't know what God is doing. Because we are not sitting at where He is sitting. Right? And we are not seeing what He's seeing. Therefore, we don't understand what He is doing in our lives. You got it? So I see the hill, but God sees beyond the hill. I see the corner, but God sees around the corner. I see today, but God sees tomorrow. God is not something, doing something today because of what He sees tomorrow. God is saying, I'm not going to let you get a dream job in London because of what I see tomorrow. I'm not letting you get a business contract because of what I see tomorrow. I'm not going to let you go out with a girl because of what I see tomorrow. <laughs> so, He sees what we don't see. He knows what we don't know. Sometimes we may be looking at something and from our perspective, it looks like an opportunity. But from God's perspective, it is a trap. How many of you know that some doors are trap doors? Some problems show up looking like an opportunity. But some opportunities show up looking like a problem. Therefore, I must trust my shepherd's leading. How many of you know that God is an intentional God? God is a God of intentionality. This is what I believe. When God does something, He does something intentionally. And when God does nothing, God does nothing intentionally. Alright? So when, so, so when God does nothing, He is up to something. Because He's intentional. Alright? You understand what I'm saying? So, this is very important. Sometimes we praise God only, oh, wow, I got a breakthrough. We, we, we praise God, hallelujah, you know. And they ask you, oh, why are you praising God? Is it because God answered your prayer to give you a promotion? Uh, no. You know, then why are you praising God? For nothing. <laughs> why are you praising God for nothing? Because when God is doing nothing, He's doing something. He sees what I don't see. He knows what I don't know. God is intentional. So we must trust His leading. Let's come back to David. Right, David, he was reflecting on the series of events that took place in his life that eventually led him into the palace. Alright, so he was thinking, how, how did I end up here in the palace? How did I become a king? He says, I wouldn't be a king if, of Israel if I, was not first if I didn't first become the king of Hebron. But I wouldn't be a king of Hebron if I didn't have to fight and protect myself from King Saul. I wouldn't need to protect myself from King Saul if he wasn't jealous of me. But he wouldn't be jealous of me if the women of Israel didn't sing the song, Oh, Saul killed the thousands and David killed the tens of thousands. 
Now, the women wouldn't say, have sung that song if I didn't kill David, uh, Goliath. Then he starts to think, but, but I wouldn't need to kill Goliath if Goliath didn't insult my God and terrorize my people. And then he starts to think, but I, I, I wouldn't hear him insulting my God and terrorizing my people if I didn't send food to my brothers who were soldiers in Saul's army. Can you see that? Can you see that? And then, he, but he started to think. But I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have sent food to my brothers if I wasn't working in a palace. Then he started to think. But I wouldn't be working in a palace if someone didn't. If no, let me see. I wouldn't be working in a palace if King Saul didn't have headache and needed a musician. Then he said, but I wouldn't be his musician if someone didn't see me play the harp in a marketplace who recommended me to be a musician. And then he said, and, and, and Prophet Samuel wouldn't have anointed me in my father's house. All right? If, if, if uh, he wasn't looking for a king, but if, he, but if God didn't reject King Saul, he wouldn't have the need to come to my father's house to look for a king. So he started to reflect. One thing led to another. One thing led to another. One thing led to another. And David said, wow, it has to be God who has led me to where I am today. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. You know, theologian and philosopher, Sovereign uh, Kierkegaard, he says this, life can only be understood by looking backward, but it must be lived looking forward. You know, when David looked back, he understood. In the past, he couldn't understand, but now he understood. He couldn't understand when his anointing and his appointing didn't match. He couldn't understand when his ability and his opportunity didn't match. Have you felt that way before? Have you, eh, I got the ability, leh? how come no opportunity? He couldn't understand. But now, as he looked back, he understood what God is doing in his life. Some of us are going through challenges. You know, we all come to church, we all smile. But beyond the smile, sometimes we want to cry. Many things happen. And sometimes we wonder, has God abandoned me? Why am I going through these struggles? I don't like what I'm going through right now. You know, there is this famous uh, speaker you know, she often preached about God's faithfulness. And then she used this cloth illustration. Alright, so now just look at the first picture. Uh, this, is the, this is the speaker, Corinne Ten Boom. So, so she used this picture, the first picture. Ah, she said, my life is like, well, let me read exactly what she says. So now, first of all, what do you see? Something messy, right? What is this? So messy, messy, you know? Ugly. Unless you are into your artist, right, into abstract art, you say, oh, beautiful. Most of us commoner look at this picture, wow, what is this? Uh, so messy. You know, protruding out. It's an ugly picture. 
You know, she said, although the threads of my life, you know, the sewing threads, the threads of my life have often seemed knotted. I know by faith that on the other side of the embroidery, there is a crown. This is the flip side of it. This is the other side. This is the flip side. On the other side of the embroidery, I see a crown. See, from our perspective, it looks messy. It looks ugly. What is happening? The life is knotted, entangled. You don't know how to get out of it. God, what is happening? But from God's perspective, it's a beauty. Same piece of cloth. Same person. Same working in a person's life. It's a beautiful crown. Amen. He wants to lead us fully on His terms, but always for our benefit. We can't see what God sees sometimes, but God is always working for His glory, but always for our good. So we must trust God's perspective. He sees what we don't see. So we trust His leading. Amen. Maybe the brother can help me to come and just play the keyboard. Yeah. You know, I want to tell a last story. Is it okay? I, I share one last story. Uh, there is this, this lady by the name of Franny Cosby. She was born in 1820. That was a long time ago, like, huh? before all of us were born. Now, when she was six weeks old, she developed a condition in her eyes. Maybe you can play the song, Goodness of God. You know, she, she developed a condition in her eye. Unfortunately, the family doctor was away. And another man, pretending to be a certified doctor, tried to fix her eyes. But the treatment made her totally blind. When that man was revealed to be a quack doctor, he quickly disappeared, ran away. But Franny Cosby didn't give up her life. You know, with the help of encouragement, family. At the age of 10, she memorized five chapters of the Bible every single week. Five chapters. How many of you are older than 10 years old? All of us, huh? even the youth. Memorize five chapters of the Bible every week. As a child, she could recite, listen, the Pentateuch. Wow. The first five books of the Old Testament. Can you imagine memorize the book of Numbers? <laughs> Leviticus. Wow. Oh. She, she memorized, she could recite the four Gospels, the Proverbs, Song Solomon, and many chapters of Psalms. She went on to write about 9,000 songs and hymns. In an interview, you know, she said something. If I could go back and look for the man who treated my eyes and made me blind, she said, I will say to him, thank you. Thank you. Because if I had my sight, if I wasn't blind, maybe I wouldn't have the faith that I have now. Thank you. You know something? I think we need to thank God for what we have. 
but we can also thank Him for what we don't have. We can thank God for the good things, but we can thank God even for the bad things because God sees what we don't see. He knows what we don't know. He is still a shepherd. From our perspective, things may look ugly, terrible right now. But from God's perspective, He's doing something beautiful, good for all of us. And everybody say, Amen. So in 2023, I want to encourage you, good beginning church. Life can only be understood by looking backward. But let's not lo- live our life always looking backward. Eh? Life can only be lived looking forward. Let's look forward. Trusting that God is our shepherd. Leading us every step of the way. And everybody say, why, why don't we all stand our feet together right now? The presence of God is all over here. Maybe pastor can come and just lead us to just worship God. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. The moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, all my life, you have been faithful. presence of God is all over here in this place. Some of us are going through challenging times. You don't know what God is doing. You're a little lost. Some of you feel like your life is stuck in 2022. Some of you felt entangled with many things that you cannot shake off. The Lord wants you to know that He is your shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd fully on His terms. That means you need to surrender. You need to give up your control. But you need to trust His leading. And will you open your ears to hear His voice in 2023? Spend time in His presence. Hear His voice. So that when He speaks, you know it is Him speaking to you. Maybe some of us have been trying to control the outcome. Or you are trying to control the outcome. And you are, you are tired. Today, will you surrender the outcome to Him? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we, I want to lift up all my brothers and sisters in New Beginning Church to You. Whether they are here or they are not here in this service. But God, I just pray that You will lead everyone. In 2023, 
We surrender our lives. Jesus, be the shepherd of our lives. We want to hear your voice. We want to spend time in your presence. We want to surrender our control to you. Only God controls the outcome. So we are not going to hold on to it, God. We surrender the control. And God, we want to trust your leading because you know the plans you have for us. Help us, Lord, when we can't see, we don't know. Let us trust you because you know better than us. So we surrender a whole year to you. Come and lead us every single step of the way. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share with you. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. How many of you are blessed by the Word of God? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Wu. Thank you for the ministry. Let's just give him a hand. Thank you so much. Let's just uh, stand on our feet. Let's uh, close our service. And uh, let's, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord. You are the Lord of my... You are the shepherd of our life, oh God. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord will bless you and keep you. He will make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. The peace that the world will not be able to give. Only He, He will give you and lead you into the still water. He will give you the peace of God. May, the, may God bless you. The blessing of the Lord, the grace of Jesus Christ, the anointing, the fellowship, and the communion with the Holy Spirit will be upon all of you. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.